Welcome to the Flower Hour Podcast, the podcast where conversations blossom. It is your boy, Sean Flores. If you love this podcast and you've really enjoyed it, please share, subscribe and follow and look forward to the journey we will be going on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, hello, everybody. You are joined for another episode of Flower Hour. I am with another contestant, Anjali Kumar. I am so thankful you're able to join me on Flower Hour. We're going to unpack so much in life, your life, the contest, and so much more as we're getting to know you during this podcast. How are you doing, most importantly, and how is life during this COVID? Okay, thank you for the lovely introduction, Sean. Um, So I'm doing great. Uh, As we discussed, I finished work like maybe 10-15 minutes ago. So now I'm just going to sit back and relax, have a nice conversation with you. And then I think I'm going to watch some Netflix. Do you have any idea what you're going to watch on Netflix? Well, everyone's speaking about The Crown. I don't oh, know everybody's talking about it. Everyone's speaking about The Crown. I've only seen one season, so I'm thinking I might catch up today. Okay. But then I also, I'm doing this internship on the side, so I need to catch up with that too. So let's see. Maybe an hour of internship, hour of The Crown. Oh, what's your internship in? Tell me a little bit more about that. So, okay, it's in... It's 12 weeks and they kind of teach you skills for any kind of workplace you might go to. So like with data, technology, finance, marketing, and I've done about two modules and I think I have two left, but it's really long because I'm working. So I have to like go to work and then come back and I'm doing my internship and then I'm doing like Miss England. So there's a lot going on, but I'm just trying to balance everything as much as I can. So you're working full time. You're also doing Miss England. And you're also doing an internship. How are you managing all of that? And tell me a little bit more about your work as well. Okay, so I work as a paralegal. And at the moment, I'm working in-house. And at university, I studied politics and international relations. And then I went to law school and did one year in law to get my degree. And then one year of my master's. Okay. And what I want to do is I want to qualify as a solicitor. But it's just so hard. Like, there's something I need to get a training contract. 
So whoever's listening, just pray for me today <laughs> that I get a training contract because I've been trying for so long, but it's just yeah. very competitive. So that's like what I'm doing with my work. Okay. And how are you enjoying that? Are you finding that to be part of your purpose in life, I suppose? Yeah. Like, you know, even if I wasn't doing law, like that's my passion, but whatever work I've done, like from a young age, I've always like my parents have always like taught me to give it my all so when I was like 16 I worked at River Island and it was like the best thing ever and like I would do all the hangers like make them all like in color coordinations and everything and one time my manager was just like why why and I'm like because I want it to be perfect you know and I was going right to the back so like I've always given it my everything and like that's how I feel like it should be with everything not just with work like with my friends with my fashion with my movement right now so like it's all about giving your all that's why you I know think. what's crazy your energy is so infectious I can't help but feel the need to smile listen to you just feel like you're a bubble of energy and it's great to meet people like that even though I'm not with you physically virtually mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling it through this whatever bluetooth slash wi-fi connection that's so sweet I'm glad I have a strong wi-fi so you can feel my energy <laughs> no absolutely that is a good wi-fi connection is it 5g no, I don't think so. I think it's like BT or Sky. I don't oh, know. Same as me. Yeah, like I'm on BT, but obviously the 5G connection, I'm feeling it regardless. So we've already kind of gone into it, but I wanted you to introduce yourself and tell me all about who you are. If someone said, Anjali, tell me who you are, how would you describe yourself? Okay, so first of all, I'm a twin and I'm really happy that I'm a twin because when I was younger, my twin is like the smart one. And then I'm like the crazy one. But so when I was younger, she would always have like these interviews with CEOs and all these events. And she'll just drag me along. I don't even want to go because she's dragged me along. I feel like she's always inspired me. Yeah. And like now I'm like so ambitious and it's thanks to my twin. So that's really important. I'm a twin and like, okay, yeah, that's important. I'm a twin. Uh, second of all, I'm a paralegal, as I've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a fashionista everyone loves my fashion or my friends uh i'm a very very loyal friend and a loyal sister a loyal daughter and what else am i uh i'm miss england (laughs) not yet not yet yeah and then i'm really into my sports like i already mentioned to you i love staying active i love trying new things so like i already said like during lockdown i started doing my 5k running before lockdown i started doing boxing i like swimming I used to be an air cadet. Really? Yeah, they wouldn't even let you wear nail varnish. Imagine. I used to be a police cadet. No way. Yeah, yeah, I used to be a police cadet in um, so Wandsworth. That was our borough, and we used to have to go and represent. I, I, in police cadets was interesting. I, I I'd, I'd say that because I went on to be a special constable, then I quit the first shift. Wow. What? Why? I quit the first. It wasn't the job for me, you know. I'm sure you've had this in life. You go into something and you realize this isn't for me. The first shift I knew straight away, I said, this is not the way that I can make change happen. So I went off, did my master's, um, studied another degree while I was doing my master's, which was like another leadership course. Then now I'm doing journalism. And then I've created this podcast because I I think I'm better at speaking and writing. Whereas I think if I was in the police force, I wouldn't be living my dream, wouldn't be living my passions. But yeah, that makes sense. With you, evidently, you seem passionate about everything that you do. From loyalty seems to be the word that I'm hearing that comes up quite a lot mm-hmm. right now. 
why why is it loyalty is so important to you oh that's yeah I just don't know but like loyalty is my main thing because I feel like it's like it's part of who you are it's like Mm. part of your integrity and like you need to be loyal for you to kind of like loyalty also kind of means discipline in my head so like loyalty shows discipline so whatever I'm doing I'm like okay I have to be loyal to this you know what I mean so like your your loyalty is to your podcast and I'm so happy because I'm so happy you quit being a police officer otherwise what would we do today without you and like humbled humbled (laughs) the change you you and I are both trying to create you know what I mean absolutely and do you find that I was listening you and I were talking about when we run we listen to different kinds of music and I was saying, I love listening to motivational music. And I heard one of the guys again say on one of the tracks, discipline is actually freedom. Because mm-hmm. you're living in that structure and you're going to get that end goal and that end result. What is the end goal that you would like out of everything you're doing in life right now? Well, the thing is, like, I feel like people, you know, you have your career and like when you get to your career goal, you kind of feel accomplished. And even though like I'm on my path of getting my career, I don't I'm not going to feel accomplished until like I meet the goals of like making change and I know everyone speaks about this yeah like make change make change but no like you really have to make change because like I've grown up and I've seen generations and generations like okay there is some sort of change happening but it's not enough and even like you know it's so sad that in this day and age it took for the like black lives matter movement for people to kind of wake up and even in my profession as law like a lot of there was a lot of speaks about Black Lives Matter, but it's only now, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, why, why does something kind of tragic have to happen for people to want to wake up and make a change if you promote it in the right way? And if you keep talking about it, you know, like I am super passionate about it, as you can kind of tell, if you kind of drill it in from an early age, like mm. I feel like that's when you kind of have to like stick it into people's minds. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. Is that you or me? I, I don't think it's me what's going on oh yeah yeah it, it's it's definitely not me okay sorry sorry maybe that was me Go no away. no it's okay it's okay it's okay <laughs> that's what happens when you're busy and everybody wants you sorry my life no <laughs> but yeah so I feel like you need to kind of stick and be loyal to what you want to do to kind mm. of drive that change and never let people forget about it because that's the problem people like it's like the news something might be happening now and then in a few weeks time like people forget why no if it's important don't forget you like and if I pass this message on to you right now and you're going to pass this message on to your followers they might pass the message on to other people and that way we just keep like you know generating change and that's what I'm trying to get to like I will feel accomplished once I've that generated that change and evidently change is something that's so important to you and I know that your beauty of a purpose, you spoke about the butterfly effect movement. That's yeah. what you're passionate about. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so my campaign is called the butterfly effect movement. And this is kind of started by watching my mom, who's become my inspiration. And, you know, when we came to the UK, she couldn't speak English. She couldn't, she couldn't do the basic things, like she couldn't drive. And she kind of really like struggled and she went and she studied. And now I feel like she's, she feels independent. Like she doesn't need to depend on a man. And like, I really, really like that because I love where I come from, as I mentioned before, but I have noticed that like, there's kind of one way of living where, you know, the man works, 
the woman doesn't. If the man says do this, the woman will. And I don't like that. And I don't think that's the right way. And especially when you're married, you kind of need an equal partnership. So that's the reason I started my campaign. And as I mentioned to you, like this campaign starts in the UK. And what I'm doing is I'm fundraising. I'm trying to raise money for charity. And everything that I raise will go to refuge. But I don't want this to kind of remain in the UK. Because mm. we're lucky. We have organizations. There's so many organizations here to support people. And these organizations don't exist in Asia and Africa. And I'm just like, why? Why don't they exist? And you know what? I'm going to start the Butterfly Effect movement and it's going to get so big and I'm going to make an organization in every single city that I feel like needs it. Okay. That's my main. And do you feel like with what you're going to go on to evidently create, how pivotal do you think it is to have female empowerment at the head of everything that you do? Because you said your mum was independent. You've seen her do so much. Why is that so important to you? It's important to me because I feel like there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of women out there who feel like, you know, I, I need a man to do this. I need a man. Like there's a lot of like, at times people don't want to make the sacrifice because people are making sacrifices because they mm. have children, but it's like, no, if you, if you feel a little bit of spark within yourself, if you trust in yourself that you can do this without a man, I feel like you will live a happier life. And it's really easy to say this, you mm. know, but the person who's going through this, it's not easy for them. Like, I'm really lucky. You know, my parents have supported me in everything I do. I've never been in an abusive relationship, mm. but like, I know people who have been and, you know, I've tried to encourage them to come out of it and they don't want, like, they, it's not that they want, they don't want to, they can't. And like, when you see that, like being on the outside, it's really, it's really sad, you know, and I hate it. And that's why like, Female empowerment is so important to me because it's not recognized everywhere. A lot of people, it's nice that are trying to make this change happen. Like even in my profession, even in the legal sector, you know, it's such a well-known profession. It's really respected, but there's hardly any female partners out there. And why? And, you know, last week I was reading an article and they were saying that how when women go to pitch their ideas, it's less likely that they will be, people would believe in them and make an investment in but it's women businesses that always do better than male. But it's like, why don't people believe in women then? You know? So it's really important to me to make this change. I'm evidently clearly like you believe in yourself. And I suppose what exudes from you is that sense of self-worth. You know your worth. You're not willing to settle for less. And I think when people are able to look at it, you'll be able to show people, hold up. You should never settle for mediocre. You should always aim. What is it? aim for the stars what is it aim for the moon shoot for the stars i think is the saying yeah. or is it shoot that for the stars limit. aim for the moon I, one. I think it's one of those i have a one of those so you spoke about your sector law mm-hmm. and you said from a young age with your twin you've been doing so much charity work go into that for a little bit more yeah so my twin is amazing apart from being bossy at times <laughs> so when we were like i think we were in year 10 so we were 15 yeah. And we were going to a lot of events and we went to this event at the BT Tower where the chairman of Marks and Spencers was them. And we were at that point, we were already kind of volunteering for this charity Mm. that helps kids in rural parts of India get education. And we had to do something really big to raise money for charity. And we already did the small things, you know, 
have a bake sale, wash people's cars, but we hadn't, we wanted to do something big. And my twin thought, you know, we both love fashion. Why don't we do a fashion show? And I'm like, that's an amazing idea. So at this event, we see the chairman of Marks and Spencer and we kept, you know, like pestering him a little bit. And he was obviously like, who are you girls? And then we just kept pestering him. In in the end, he agreed to sponsor our fashion show. Wow. So yeah, and that was amazing. So we like, we had a day in Marks and Spencer's Oxford Street running around like two headless chickens trying to get 50 outfits for, I don't know, like 50 models. It was intense. But it was also the biggest learning experience of my life because in the competition, we were runner up. So we came second and another group came first. And the reason that we came second was, you know, we thought bigger and better to kind yeah. of thought um, get a lot of money for our charity. But what the first group, the winners did is they actually wrote to the students in rural parts of India and connected with them on that deeper level. So that was a really big kind of learning lesson to me that like, you know, you can be passionate, you can do all these big things, but like, you just don't forget why you're doing it. You know, don't forget there's a reason you're doing it and try and connect on that level. And that's what like, I really want to do now. I want to and, connect. And you also said that with everything that you've done, the legal side has always been a challenge. And you know, if the law, I suppose whenever we think about the law, we think about it, that it's the right way. It's the most objective way. And combining mm -hmm. that with your business, with that business point of view, you told me a bit more about that. Could you explain that as, that as well? Yeah, so I feel like the law is really interesting because, you know, in whatever kind of work you do, there's always a challenge and there's always a way to come out of it. But with the law, it has to be the legal way. And sometimes like people don't take that way, but, and you know, it might not even be the best way, but if you can find, you know, it's all about finding kind of, about bending the rules, but in the right way. Because I feel like people are always breaking the rules, but if you bend the rules in the right way, like you might have it to your favor. And that's why I just love the law because it's so like, it's my business kind of mind, my legal kind of mind, everything is connected in one. And I just like to use it and overcome these challenges. That's crazy. I was gonna originally study law at university and I thought it was too strict so I decided to do something with more variables which was criminology and sociology so I suppose it shows how different our minds probably are in that aspect because you called me Sean you should have called me listen <laughs> if I had known you I'd have been like Anjali listen I'm not sure if I should study law or not tell me what I should do because I was going to go to Reddit me bro <laughs> absolutely what kind of law would you like to get into though because I know there's so many different types of law which one is, appeals to you the most so my goal is to kind of be in corporate law. Okay. And yeah, the reason is I don't think I could do criminal law because I feel like I would just take everything personal, you know? Okay. Like, because okay. I'm quite opinionated. So I just would be like, oh no, like this guy needs to be put away, blah, blah. So I don't think I could do criminal law ever. It's interesting to watch. What's that show, How to Get Away with Murder? Murder, like, yeah. It's a good show to watch, you know? But I don't think I could do it. So that's why I'm going for corporate law. And like I know business mind that pushes yeah. me to that way. And I know corporate law makes so much more money compared to criminal law. In criminal law, they argue there's not much money. And I know a lot of people don't want to do it because some of them, some people said they don't want to defend criminals. They said as simple as that. They said they don't want to. So more really, they don't really they disagree with it. So I know you're very much your own person. And typically when we think of people who are twins, people mm -hmm. can't separate the two. And you spoke about fashion and your mum has always dressed you fashionable. 
So tell me, when did you find that sense of individuality and what has it been like growing up with a twin? Because I've always said to my mum, you could have given me a twin, but obviously, you know, she couldn't. I'm here by myself. So what was it like? So it's very interesting because I think when we were the younger, when we were younger, we looked the same. Actually, wait, it was our birthday two days ago. Oh, but happy belated. This is what we used to like. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Did you do anything special so, yeah. for your birthday? We just celebrate at home. Okay. Crazy decorations up here. Yeah, that, <laughs> listen, that's beautiful. Everything's spectacular. Trying to make lockdown as fun as possible. Exactly. Yeah, it's been really fun growing up with the twin because you've always got that friend. And like when we were younger, we did everything together. We had the same friends. We went everywhere together. But another thing is like you were always compared like yeah. no matter what, you will always be compared so I think when I was in year 10 I was the naughty student <laughs> we had exams and I got like b c d and then my twin got like a star a star a star wow okay. and then that was like so being compared is annoying but for me like that was a really good thing because then I was like Angie you're not the dumb one come on you need to study you know what I mean so like it was also a good thing and it was also it's nice that being a twin we are both like individual if that makes mm. sense so and I think our fashion is also kind of defines that so my twin's very like sophisticated you know she wears heels everywhere she only started wearing trainers two years ago I'm wow. like, well, yeah and I'm like laid back you know I will go I'll wear my trainers I will wear jeans like she never even used to wear jeans so it's nice that like our fashion lets us express ourselves but in a different way. So it's been really cool, like having a twin, but stressful because she thinks she's older. But it's one minute. You one, one minute yeah, you know, one minute older, I suppose. They think they're one minute older in mentality too, right? No, she thinks she's like two year, one year older. And I'm like, no, honey, you address me as big sis, okay? <laughs> I could imagine. And then I know being part of this all African colors contest, it, the diversity in this round has been crazy. Like it's so different compared to you know like the yeah. usual Miss England what has it been like taking part in this competition you know when I applied it's like when I googled being like how to raise money for charity and I came across entering for Miss England and I was like what no and then I was reading more about it and it was more about charities you know and then I'm like okay this is more about charity work which I love but you also get to kind of you know meet women like dress up and I love that too so this is like a whole package deal for me and then I was put across to all African colors and then I was confused because I was like wait a second like you know I'm not African like this is really mm. awkward like did they get something mixed up <laughs> you know but then when I spoke to uh, Miss Yvette she was like this is the diversity heat and I was like this is amazing because like there's no other heat like all African colors in the competition and you're right, like, I'm sure you've met all the girls. They're amazing. They're all from different backgrounds. And the nice thing about that is you get to learn so much about someone else's culture. And that's what, you know, it's that having that kind of like mentality and appreciating it. So I'm really glad that I'm part of the diversity heat because everyone is in this heat for a reason. They have the same goal. They want to promote diversity and being surrounded by like-minded people pushes you to want to reach your goals even more. And as you said, like you're one one of the people, you're not African, you're from Afghanistan, right? So how would you describe your culture? Because I've never, well, in school, when I went to school, there were some people that were from Afghanistan, yeah. 
but we never really spoke you know in school people sometimes yeah. they're clicks not really taught but now I'm older I'm able to have a conversation with someone who's from Afghanistan yourself what is your culture like how would you describe it and how has it been to grow up in that culture so I'm I'm Afghan Indian and it's really okay. hard to explain to people so I'm actually Indian but my parents were born in Afghanistan so okay. people are really confused they're like so are you Afghan are you Indian and I'm like I'm both guys I get the best of both worlds so it's really nice because we still do a lot of the celebrations like Indians do but we have our own kind of like I don't know how to call it twitch we have our own kind of like not twitch what's the word when it's like a little yeah twist I said twitch (laughs) we have our own kind of twist to it so no one really understands it yeah but the great thing about my culture is everyone just goes goes big like everything is big you know what I yeah. mean and I feel like I've because I've been brought up that way I do everything on a big level and everyone's on a grand like, scale yeah and they're like you know it's Argentina's birthday it's gonna be big like Argentina doing this it's gonna be like you you're the most glamorous person I know and I'm like yeah but I've been brought up that way like and celebrations are really you know massive thing which I like you get to celebrate you know all the small things and we have a celebration for everything so you know I might be celebrating this <laughs> later no but that's good like you celebrate all the things in life because I suppose sometimes as humans we're so harsh on ourselves and we will always be our biggest critics so I think it's actually really important to celebrate the small things the big things yeah. just always recognize, recognize those milestones do you know what I mean and I think it's a generational thing we're learning those sort of things you spoke about when you spoke about the charity that you wanted to make you spoke about the butterfly effect movement I want to go back on that a little bit yeah of course it made a statement to me you said caterpillars to butterflies tell me explain that to me a little bit more because I think that was really profound so my main kind of goal is to help women blossom so they become independent. So, you know, when you're a caterpillar, you're kind of like this. And then when you're a butterfly, like you're happy, you fly, you know, and like you're free. And like, that's the kind of thing I'm going for. And there's another thing, I don't know if you've heard about it, like the butterfly effect. It's kind of like when you start something, then it has a ripple effect. Yeah. So it's like two things in one, but it's about kind of like finding your wings and just flying. So that's why it's called the butterfly effect movement. And nobody can clip your wings. No way. I'm flying. I'm flying. <laughs> no, and that's, it's the mentality we need in life. You know, what is it? I saw a recent quote that said, when people try to talk fear into your plans, tell them to move out of the way. Defo. And I suppose. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I suppose some people, they, I don't think when people speak fear into your plans is necessarily a negative thing. I think some people can only see it in their perspective. Like, I'm sure you're a visionary. Like, you've envisioned all the things you want to do ahead of time. How are you maintaining everything that's within your sight, but how are you also maintaining what's out of your sight? So the thing is, like, I feel like everyone has their own values and you just can't forget them. So, you know... Sometimes like I feel like I've had a lot of struggles and at the end of the day, I just remind myself like, you know, everything is going to get better because I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it's just not accepting, you know, that what's happening is that's the end of it. And like when people know me, they don't know about my struggles because like, you know, I come across like, you know what, like, yeah, I'm strong. I'm this and this. But actually deep down, like I'm really, really not. And that's 
that's why like it's just remembering like who you are where you came from why like why am I here because I want to change things and I'm only going to leave once I've done all of that you know what I mean so it's just reminding yourself about your own purpose will kind of help you like continue and that's my thing I think it's really pertinent that you spoke about struggle because as you said not everything that glitters I suppose is gold as well things we struggle on the inside you spoke to me about something very personal which I already said thank you for sharing with me because it's deep it's you know not easy you spoke to me about the reason why you keep active and I suppose you self-describe yourself as a health freak is because you once had an eating disorder tell me a little bit more about your story so I think like when I was in school I took part in a lot of activities like you know, after school, I played football, I played hockey, netball, I played all the sports, I was in a basketball team. And then I think around year 11, it was near prom. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, it's prom, I have to look amazing. Like, I have to be strict on my diet. And I was so strict that like, I didn't eat any chocolate, I didn't eat any crisps. But, you know, then it was I was still okay. But when I went to uni, you know, I would go out, I would have fun. And then I would eat lots of pizza. And then I'm thinking, Oh, my God, like, I'm fat you know but I'm not I'm not actually fat but in my head I thought I was and then I would make myself throw up and in the beginning it was like you know maybe once and then mentally I thought this is the way and this is okay and then it got to a point where I was throwing up after every meal and then I was like like it's on I can't control myself anymore and then I was like this is wrong you know I shouldn't be doing this to my body and I didn't tell anyone I didn't tell my parents and I just told one friend and I was like, you know what, like, I've, I realized that this is wrong, and I'm about to go get help. So then I made a doctor's appointment. And I kind of said, like, I need help, blah, blah, blah. And then the next time I had a regular checkup, my mom was with me. And, you know, I had this horrible doctor. And he was like, oh, it says something over here. So are you gonna like, if I prescribe you these pills, are you gonna take them all at once? And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, I have an eating disorder. I'm not crazy, you know. And then my mom was just looking at me like, like, what's what's the doctor talking about? You know, then I told my mom for the first time and she was just crying. And that's why, like, I don't really like to share my struggles with other people because I don't want to see them go through something. But then at the same time, like it was really I felt I felt good about sharing because then I had my whole family support and then which kind of motivates you to get better. And then I did my treatment and now like I'm fine and I, I do it the right way. And I'm so happy because I love working out. I love being healthy. You know, I love looking after myself. So it's like, it's just, you have to really speak to yourself because everything that's going on, it's all about the mind. And even now, like I'm in booking therapy and I can tell my friends about it. I encourage my friends and they'll be shocked because they're like, actually like you're in therapy. And I'm like, yeah. And you know what? You should do it too. Because it just, it really helps you like see things into like better perspectives and the way we've been brought up everyone thinks a certain way and I feel like sometimes because you've been thinking of one way for such a long time it doesn't change and it's really hard to change the way you feel so I feel like it's a really good thing and I, I really encourage everyone to do it because it just makes you stronger mentally you know therapy has been one of the best decisions I ever personally took in my life as well so I absolutely commend you for recognizing there was something wrong and you went and sorted it out and you said you're still doing therapy now so you know with mental health usually we have ups and downs it's never you know consistent it it can't be it's impossible humans go through so much how what are you doing to 
maintain your mental health currently? How are you practicing good mental health, I suppose? So what I do is I do write my goals a lot. And like, this is something that my parents have always encouraged me to do. And writing goals is good. And sometimes if you're not achieving them, it kind of brings you down. So like one of my main goals has been to get a training contract to become a lawyer. And it's been, you know, it's been two years, I'm really struggling. So then I'm just trying to think of like new ways where I can achieve things, you know, um, that's when I started doing an internship. I've thought of like starting my own business. So it's always about like reflection. I think it's a really good way is like sit back, reflect, like stop, slow down. And like in one of my therapy sessions, they told me that, you know, you should make time at least once a week to do something you like. So I like to exercise. You know, I like to call my friends and just run on the phone. Or sometimes you just play like really cool music loud in the house and dance. Just something to like, you know, just get everything off your mind yeah. and then come back, you know, like restart and push yourself. You got this. That's what I always say. And my boss is always like, what does Angie say? You got this. I'm like, yeah, you got this, boss. <laughs> Listen, people say they need DJ Khaled as their motivator in the gym where you go, another one. Another one. I need you going, you got this. You've got <laughs> one more rep. Two more reps. Let's go to the gym. <laughs> got this. Yeah, definitely. Listen, listen. We're going. Yeah, pull up. We'll pull up. We'll definitely go because... By the way. Pardon? Because I can lift. No, that's good. And I, 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 it's a, I love when women lift because there's this idea that certain women have in their head where they pick up one dumbbell and they're going to end up massive. I'm like, if that was the case, I would look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I would look like <laughs> no, a body lifter. Like- or you a bodybuilder. See, it's all about education. It's all about educating people, honestly. Absolutely. Listen, and I want to ask you, the new Anjali is the person that talks, you know, that goes to the therapy. She calls up her friend, she rants, she listens to music, gets wild and just enjoys herself and lets go. How do you ensure then that you don't return to the old Anjali? And have there been moments where you felt like you were slipping and you've had to bring yourself back? Yeah, so I feel like I've struggled a lot, you know, and in my third year of uni, like that was just the worst time for me because I was, you know, I was away from my family, I was away from my mom, who I worry about a lot. Um, And then like, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and I couldn't be there. So like, I had pressure to get good grades. So it was a lot in my head. And I was just like, you know, like, I can't do this. And because of that, like, I did I did like really mess up I'm not gonna say how because like no one knows (laughs) but like I did really kind of like fall back off my track and it was just a really really like dark and horrible time and then that's why like I decided you know what like this is not okay and I still didn't get therapy after that because I was like you know what like I'm fine like you know change the scenery like do what makes you happy but then like now I'm like no matter what in life like you know at the moment this, the things I'm going through, it might be the biggest problems for me right now, but then I might get married. I might have kids and then I'm going to have even bigger problems. And when I look back, I'm going to be like, oh my God, those problems were nothing, you know? So like, as you kind of like grow up and as you go on to like live life, there's always going to be problems. You're never going to have a life where like, you know what, there's no problems. So it's kind of accepting that. And then what I'm trying to do in my therapy sessions is change my mindset. So when these problems happen, how am I going to react? I'm going to react to differently how the old Anjali would definitely react because 
I made some bad decisions back in the day and I don't want to kind of like go back to there. I want to go forward. I want to look forward and I want to do better. And obviously everyone's past is a part of you, but it's just about kind of like changing it and making it better because there's, you can always do something to make it better, honestly. Thank you for sharing that genuinely. You know, the fact you're so open about it is going to help so many other women, especially that are probably going through eating disorders or probably have experienced it to remind them that you don't give up and it's okay, I suppose, to slip. But as long as you recognize that you're going to get back on track, you know, and I suppose mental health is something that's really big nowadays as well, simply because we're also in lockdown, you know, it's a challenge, you know. It was dark at four o'clock today. Like it's it's crazy, you know. So I I would love to also ask how, how important has it been for you to have individuals around you who support you and also bring you up in your darkest hours? Well, I think it's the best thing ever because you know sometimes like when you are in that dark moment, even though you might have your you know I have a lot of friends and everyone's always like oh my god you're so popular like but I don't say it to be popular I say it because I'm so grateful for my friends like my friends have kept me going whether they realize or not and sometimes like if you're feeling really low and one of your friends calls you you know out of the blue it's a really good distraction and like you might forget about that kind of dark moment that you were in so like my friends and family have been my biggest support and the reason I feel like I'm still standing here today because like you have that and it's really hard when you're in that dark hour because you forget that like you your mind doesn't even want to remind you of that kind of stuff so it's really good to like have your friends and it's really good for you to check up on your friends like I know people say this but like especially now during lockdown especially second lockdown when the whole world is just fed up of life you know just call your friends and like have a laugh and just be like talk about nothing talk about donuts you know like anything but like just just speak I think speaking is a really big thing that people should do speaking is absolutely therapy for you from you said you know you don't you do talking therapy and I when I did therapy I said to someone else that I either used to come out of the session really happy to the point where I couldn't control my happiness or I used to come out really sad and I would cry until I was tired but it was the most relieving feeling in the world just to let it out because yeah. I, I used the term, it was like I was emotionally constipated. Everything was just blocked up. I wasn't letting sense. everything out, you know? It makes sense. Like, I feel like when you do, when you're speaking about it at the moment, like, you know, you might feel heavy, but afterwards, like, you do feel so much lighter. And it's just like, even if you're not comfortable to speak to your friends, like, just speak to a therapist. Like, they don't know what you look like. Who cares? <laughs> I think I, there's a saying that says, a story told is a story in half. I like that. It cuts the burden off the story. And I suppose you've evidently been a caterpillar and you've transitioned into being a butterfly and you're still only continuing to grow. I am so excited to see what you do in the competition and also outside of the competition. Where does Anjali want to be in five years time? Tough question. The thing is, like, I do really want to be a lawyer, Mm. but I feel like, the reason, one of the reasons I became a lawyer was because in the future, I want to have my own business. And I was like, if I'm a lawyer and I try to get another lawyer, 
they cannot mess with me because I'm going to know everything. So that's like one of the main reasons. But I can't say this in interviews because in interviews, they're like, we want you to be here forever and forever. You know what I mean? But like, that's one of the main reasons, like I did want to become a lawyer because I want to start my own business and I want it to be so big. But then I don't want it just to be a business. I want to do like philanthropy. I want to give back and I want to help. But I want to do that like once. I don't want to just do that once I'm in that position. Like I want to start now when I'm not in that position. So in 10 years time, uh, you're going to see me on Forbes magazine. Say no. (laughs) So what? what, Visionary. So you're a visionary. You'll see 30 under 30, Angie Kumar. That's me. What kind of business would you like to open up? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I do. To be honest, I've thought of everything. I just like, I'm trying to think of how to start. So it's to do with fashion. I love fashion. Okay. To do with fashion. I've thought of something. It's not out there, but I'm going to get it out there. You know, I was about to ask you, but I remember the number one rule in business is you don't tell people until it's out. Can't tell you. Otherwise, someone's going to start this thing and I'm going to blame you, Sean. I don't want to sabotage you at all. And I don't want to ever be sued by saying Sean ruined my idea. He told everyone. want to mess with me. <laughs> it's it's so empowering just to see a female getting hers doing her own thing not letting life stop you you know whenever i think about women women are so powerful nowadays there's nothing truly stopping so many women from doing things you know you said your mum is your inspiration she came to the uk she didn't speak english you know you had to almost look after in some senses everything right so where are, is your relationship now with your mum because you said your mum inspired you but I'm sure you also inspire your mum. Really? Thank you. I'm sure of that. Well, to be honest, I shouldn't say this so loud in case anyone's listening, but I am her favourite. <laughs> everyone knows this. I am her favourite. And I do get teased about it by my siblings. But everyone knows I'm her favourite. It's for a reason. It's for a reason, guys. Just be nice to your mum. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Like, my siblings are so sweet. They're really nice. But I think I'm just the favourite because I'm the best. Yeah, I, I, do you know what it is? I can imagine as a child, you must have been one bag of absolute <laughs> fun and happiness to be around. We need more people like that. That's so sweet. No, oh, generally, generally I, it, it's so nice. And I was saying this to you off camera as well, that when you meet someone that has infectious energy, it's just something you want to pass on. So when you have more positivity in the world, people are, are attracted to you like moth to a flame, right? Yeah. And how do you ensure your flame continues to burn bright? Well, the thing is, like, I feel like I'm someone who my friends or like my family, like they always come to me with their problems. And, you know, when they come to me, one thing is like, listen, I have to like let them finish. Because sometimes before I feel like I would start speaking and then I taught myself like, okay, that's really rude. Like just hush and listen. And then it's like, even like you just have to tell people it's going to be okay and then be like, okay, like try and give a solution. But sometimes there isn't a solution and just kind of making them aware that you are going to be there no matter what. I think it's a really, really big thing. And that's what I try to do like with everyone. Not I try, I do do that with everyone. And I know you read a lot of self-improvement books and you and I were talking about books beforehand as well. Whenever we think about reading, I think our generation reads more than probably any other generation has ever read. Could you tell me three of your favorite books and what are you reading so far? Okay, so the two books that I started during lockdown, one is called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. 
that's really interesting read and it has a lot of life lessons and kind mm. of like principles that you should follow every day so that was a really good one um what was I saying the friends no how to win friends and influence people so that book like my I think my dad told me to read it 10 years ago and I think I did but apparently you're supposed to read it like five six times wow. so I read that yeah like you're supposed to keep on reading to like I don't know let it be instilled in your brain okay to win friends and influence people so that's a really good book too and then a third book I'm trying to look at my bookshelf <laughs> that's all I got to lockdown that's where I got to Forbes magazine that's still really two really good influential books have you read um is it think and grow rich napoleon hill oh my god i have it i have it i just haven't read it i do have it i have all the books i just need to open them up and read them i'm the same because i look at my library and i've got so many books and i'm like sean you gotta read more because i reached a point right where i'd get on the train and the bus i'd have no head i'd put headphones in but i wasn't listening to anything I was just reading I was just absorbing information and it's it's, yeah it's something so liberating about it almost I know I feel like people think reading is boring which like I would think that too but when you read you're like okay I I could have been on Instagram for an hour doing this but instead I'm like I actually have like some knowledge going into my brain you know so like I think your phone being on your phone is addictive and like I love my phone like I always have it in my hand but like just taking maybe 15 minutes out of your day to like learn something new I think that's exactly I would like to know since you're going to go on to inspire so many women what would your advice be to everybody that's going to watch this now and watch this also in the future well my main thing to say is you got this like no matter what you got this you know like don't stop like if you're in a hard situation sit down relax first of all like take a deep breath and just write down like okay like what's the positives like how can I get to the positive of where I am now and whatever my situation is now like it can like it could have been something worse so kind of be grateful for what you have and just never stop because you got this that's my go and what where do you hope to be in so if you win this competition right what would you like to do with the newfound fame you're gonna have well like the reason I've entered is like okay the title is obviously important but I haven't entered to get a title I've kind of entered to get a platform where I can raise awareness and you know maybe I can open my Instagram account and do this but it's not easy like a lot of people sometimes like even though you want to do good like at the moment I'm trying to fundraise and people will be like yes I'll donate of course then they don't donate you know but if there's if you have a platform and a lot of people are talking about it everyone is kind of like in your favor then it's really helpful and that's just what I need I just need a platform to kind of like let my voice be heard and let my voice be heard to the right people who really need it because I'm sure a lot of people need it especially like during lockdown you know it's horrible so many domestic violence cases have rise why like it's not, not fair on people and I just would like use this platform to raise awareness and you know start my campaign and start it like as I said in the UK but let it get bigger go worldwide and help anyone and everyone that's my goal you're gonna go international you're not just gonna be in the UK as you said that's that's the one thing I- you <laughs> said I'm really thankful you've been able to join me on my podcast today and I ultimately believe people that are going to go on to watch this are going to see you do great things 
also as well, I'm going to link everything that people need to vote, also to support you, put your socials all in the bio when I upload this. So everyone's going to be able to see you. They're not going to be able to not see you. <laughs> see this right here. Angelie, thank you <laughs> so much. Effect. Thank, thank you, you Sean. So I'm sorry because I had to rearrange. So I'm so sorry. Work. No, listen, <laughs> it's absolutely okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly. Thank you. It was really nice to meet you. You better keep in touch, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What I'll do is I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to having you again. If you've enjoyed, share, subscribe, follow and make sure everybody gets to have the blessing that is conversations. And remember, Flower Hour is the podcast where conversations blossom.